potatoes. Nope. Oh, come on, why not? No more vegetables. But potatoes are interesting. Like, for instance, did you know that the modern crop was once thought to be domesticated in many places across the Americas, but later genetic studies of wild potatoes show that they all came from the one breed in Peru. No more vegetables. Well, what are we supposed to do then? You know, all I've got is potato stuff. Hard-hitting journalism. Hard-hitting journalism. The whys and wherefores of our world. I'm not really sure that's our market. See, this is my problem. You're holding us back. We could be All Things Considered or BBC World News or Serial. Serial had a lot of listeners. Unlike us. Look, I'm just saying neither of us are journalists. Well, now with the internet, you don't have to be. All you need is a camera and to be in the right place at the right time. Citizen journalism. Bam. About what, though? We don't go outside into the real world. We're just sitting in our, uh, like, lounge rooms. The most real thing ever to happen to us was the time one of your housemates was a meth head. Only on weekends. Anyway, we could be like This American Life and use journalistic methods and rigour to tell mundane, everyday life stories. Oh, go on then. I don't care. Hi, I'm Ira Glass. Tonight... On this episode of This American... All new Persembi Kinston Show. We have stories about... Potatoes! No! Yes! Well, okay then. From WBEZ in Chicago, it's... The all new Persembi Kinston Show. Stay with us. finds a mixtape. It began with a mixtape I found in a box at my parents' house. On the tape, the usual 90s hip-hop flair, Public Enemy, NWA, even the Beastie Boys, but nestled amongst the tracks, there was something different. <laughs> I woke up positricity, talking animatedly, the broken autocracy trying to sap my energy, but I know the fallacy of cops and democracy that kick up animosity against the fools in authority. Well, you're a dictator! Raw and unprocessed, this rap seemed out of place, out of time, out of some surreal 1970s film. Bacon, nuke him, boil him, roast him, mash him, cook him, slice him, grill him, kill him, chop him, stop him, smash him, kick him, beat him. My potato brother's getting burned in the fire, gonna destroy everything those cops admire. It was a mix of anti-government and... How could I put this? A strange obsession with potatoes. Break it, Notorious P. Power descends from the barrel of my son. When they come around, I'm gonna dust some cops off. Don't think they're the keepers of the peace. When the chips are down, flush the police. Cooking up a potato, air strikes by a nato. Dead too afraid to admit that you're for. Right when Fido, digging for a bone, finds what? A tomato? No, a potato. I was determined to find out more. Who were these young men and why were they rapping about an alien potato? I played it to Trevor Clivington, an expert at music theory at the University of Wisconsin. No, I've never heard it before. Oh. That's not surprising, really. The uh, 90s were an explosion of creativity and music for the rap scene. Small players came and went fast. This certainly has the sound of an early experimentation of the form. Looking at the cops trying to find off the spud. Really saying all their efforts are crud. All they're gonna do is flush the potato with their mud. And they ain't gonna cut it is in my blood. Civil blood makes civil hands unclean, and cops make obscene crimes unseen. But this alien tuba is picking something mean, and the result? Flush that, that scene! Well, you're a dictator! Well, you're a dictator! Well, well you're, you're a, a di- dictator! dictator. The, uh, the, the potato metaphor is uh, particularly interesting, though. Uh, potatoes, uh, life, new life against the old life, against the order of corruption in the police and government. Given uh, 
that it is a message that still resonates with us today. I was still at a loss. I felt like I was lost in a sea of half-formed questions. It might just not be one of those things you'll never know the answer to, you know what I'm saying? Was I destined to not know? To carry questions around without any answers? Become some kind of nihilist? Nihilist. Nihilist? Yes, I, I, I think that sums it up pretty correctly from, from my position, yeah. But as I was playing the tape to Trevor, I noticed something in the back of the tape's insert cover. A name. I'm asking you a question, not about infestation, but a host probation by the great nation to serve as a station for alien relations. But after five nations, the spud's inclination is stomach inflammation. This, this, this information. Yeah, that's uh, that's me on the song. You made the potato song. Flush the police. Uh, it, it was called um, Flush the Police. The name on the insert cover had led me to one of the rappers. At the time, he went by the name Master Cooley. But no, now, Cool Y, Master Cool Y, <laughs> Master Cool Y. But now he was seeking anonymity, so we've garbled his voice. So, uh, so how's mum? Yeah, good. Look about the song. What? What about it? Uh... What's it all, all about? You're talking about police and democracy and a potato. Look, it, it was a different time. Look, I can see how it'd be hard to understand if you just didn't live through it, you know? I'm only seven years younger than you, Ben. Shut up! Shut up! Sorry, uh, could you take us through it? Well, it was kind of, um, I don't know, a protest song. What were you protesting? I guess the war in uh, Yugoslavia, Serbia, Bosnia and oh. Herzegovina. Right. Yeah, yeah, well, any war, really, but that one at the time. I remember watching some footage of a small boy in Palestine, I think. Maybe, it all mixes together in my head. Anyway, this small boy is lying prostrate behind a wall, and his dad, or some man, runs up and grabs him, clutching him to his chest, just as the wall explodes from a mortar shell, and... And I, I sat there thinking, did I, I just watch a guy die on the 5 o'clock news? Oh wow, grim. So, the potato? Uh, who knows? I think the potato was meant to be a symbol of hope. It was the 90s. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's not like anyone heard our song. I, I think you're the first. We, we recorded it and just sort of forgot about it, you know? So, there you have it. This song was just a way for a couple of teens to process the bleak world around them. I guess the last word should go to them. Potato lives on to fight the corruption, to return our control of the means of production. But why we gotta be helped by a spot from heaven? For freedom to style, AK-47, flush the police! Flush the police! So, um... So Hannah, uh, what yes. you what 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 why why are we talking about sperm selection? <laughs> okay, so um, our brother Philip. Um, <laughs> came... oh, wow, this is getting really intimate. Um, our brother Philip is selecting sperm. No, 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 no. He um, came to Melbourne while I was there. I'm back in Perth at the minute, but he came to visit me in Melbourne where I was working and we saw a bunch of comedy shows together for the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. One of them was Sarah Pascoe, who shares our last name, interestingly. And Did, did she spell it the same way? Yes. And I sent an email to her and she was like, oh, yeah, it's. I always heard it was something – that wasn't tin miners. I forget what she said, but that's fine. Uh, yeah, this is this is making for a good podcast material. Boop. It was a few weeks ago, okay. I once sent an email to Ben Pascoe, who wasn't me, but he's also a filmmaker. That was that was very surreal. That's but, really uh, yeah, yeah. So, Okay, so Sarah Pascoe, anyway. Um, we saw her show, which I don't remember what it's called now. Um... <laughs> Again, 
this was a while ago. Um, but her, in her show, she talked about things that we have previously talked about on the show, like Napoleon's granddaughter and her moving she, clitoris. Um, she just, did she just read the same book that you read, basically? I, that, I don't uh, think she did, because she sent me to another book, which is I emailed her about read what she'd read, because I said I had an interest in this kind of thing as well, and she sent me to a different book, which was not the book that I'd read, interestingly you, enough, but she was know, talking you, about sperm you know selection. If you say, you say, you, before we get on to sperm selection, you send an email to this person you don't know who shares the same name and basically mm-hmm. said you shared an interest in the clitoris. Um, no, I said I shared a, an interest in, like, the evolution of sex. Okay. I don't actually know okay. what I said to be honest. But her whole thing was like, um, I'm trying to find this email and I, I just can't. Oh, wow. Because <laughs> again, she definitely uh, emailed me. Uh, did you, did you imagine this? Were you? <laughs> no, I got a message from her. It was weird. And she said, let me know how you go. I just okay, don't know what okay. email. Oh, I found it. Oh, you found it. Excellent. Gmail. Oh, yeah, okay. Why did it not come up when I searched on Gmail? Rude. Anyway, okay. So, she said, re our name, Pasco. Mm-hmm. Yes, I was told it was Cornish too. I was also told it meant to look after cows. Look after cows or tin mining. Because yeah. It, there, there, were two, there were two sides of the family, you know. There was the, the two brothers. One a tin miner, one a cow miner. Uh <laughs> And they, they, they had a fight, and uh, one went to Argentina, and the other one uh, stayed in Cornwall. And, uh, and uh, that, that's, how, uh, that's how the two stories came, and never the two shall meet. Oh, good. I don't know where I was going with that. I, I kind of ran out halfway through. I've, I've had a long day. Um, yeah, so anyway, she was talking about sperm selection, which is something so, yes. we have talked about. Yes, so... Basically, the way she explained it, which I found it very interesting, it was like, um, as when we were, you know, living in tribes, still cave people eras, probably still when nom- uh, uh, nomadic, yeah, nomadic, and back in the day, you know, just back in the day, before we wore clothes and stuff, um, we would well, live we in these tribal time, units and. Um, you know, when the woman was, I don't know how they told when she was pre- like ready to mate. I don't think they did. I think mm-hmm. they just did it. But a lot of men would have sex with her so that, you know, they yeah. all wanted a crack. Um, and she was talking about how there are actually two types of sperm. One that is, and this is still true today, like men still produce these two types. So one that is designed just to go straight for the egg and one that just kind of hangs around and is there to kind of destroy and distract other men's sperms. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, uh, it's and really it makes fascinating. Sense from an evolu- it makes sense from an evolutionary perspective. Yeah. Uh, um, in that... Uh, that that there would be competition for the female is is something I could believe. I mean, you. I, I was watching the uh, um, the uh, Monkey Kingdom, the Disney uh, nature documentary. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, yes. Which I, I ha- hazard to call it a nature documentary. It's a nature documentary in the same way that uh, that Milo and Otis is a nature documentary in that it's actually just a Disney film that happens <laughs> to have real animals, live animals in it. Um, but they, there was a, there was something interesting in the way that the the hierarchy and you know, only the 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 alpha male was able to have sex with anyone, oh. you know, and all the uh, the the junior you know if a junior male tried to do it he would get run off and uh, and get sent off into the the wilderness, Aww. you know. So so uh, yeah, you know, Goodness. and uh, but it's yeah, but it's there, really interesting. Are, but it uh, also um, you know, she also spoke a lot about how women actually, like a lot of things that women evolve for are, you know, there's more control. I don't know what I'm trying to say. This was a long time ago. Because I've forgotten a lot of it. 
is this uh is this were you about to say something a uh, feminist or anti-feminist no fe- well like it not not either really it's just like a fact that like um there are more empowering ways to think of female sexuality than uh, and procreation in terms of the female's role than just like a bunch of dudes having, having had a go. The, the, you know, yeah, this, the, that, that's one of the interesting things because and they think that you... the reason the woman has an orgasm because mm. it doesn't like serve like they've done a lot of research on the female orgasm and it doesn't seem to serve any purpose but they they have put forth the hypothesis that the reason that it exists is so the woman would be more likely to have um like sex with all these men well yes so 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 the 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 pleasure part of it i can i could agree i mean there there is something to the the actual physical movement of an orgasm within the uh, vagina that uh, and the contraction uh, causes like suction. If, if it's not, it doesn't. No, that's not a thing that it does. It goes the other really? way. The, yes, it goes the other they, way. Forces yeah, it out. It's going the wrong way, so it actually well, serves no purpose. Oh, that's it. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, the, there's been a lot of research done on this. Hmm. The the uh, the other thing that I find uh, um, I find interesting about it. I, I mean. The evolutionary stuff. So I, I, I happen to sit into a class of uh, of introductory to introduction to evolutionary biology for the last uh, semester of um, and don't don't ask me why I was sitting in this class. I just was. I was filming. Mm-hmm. You know, don't ask me why I was filming it. But it was a. It's interesting, you know, uh, that uh, like because the natural selection is just. Uh, you know, we think about sometimes we think about evolution as as picking the uh, the best genes, you know, or the best, you know, the the fittest survives, right? As in, like, the physically best. But in fact, all it means is that you get a biodiversity, right? You get every all potential options, and then it's just some are more likely to reproduce given the conditions are around, right? Yeah. Now. Uh, now, so it makes sense from an evolutionary, from that perspective, that sperm would would uh, come up with a mechanism to fight off other sperm, you mm-hmm. know, and and also the uh, different periods of of uh, during the cycle of uh, uh, other things I know about different periods of so- during the cycle of uh, uh, um, uh, of the the reproductive cycle in, in women, the the the, uh, the menstrual cycle at different periods the uh, it, the the fluid inside the vagina can go from uh, toxic to sperm, right, to uh, producing something that is less toxic to sperm, right, during uh, yeah. during the ovulation, and then going back to toxic after that, you know, so yeah. that it actually there there is a uh, um, there there would be a competitive advantage to knowing when a woman is. Uh, in on in heat or any female is in heat right because mm-hmm. if you knew when it was in heat when the woman was in heat then you're more likely to uh, get your genes to go forward right and yeah. it, and just the same with the wo- woman right if the the female of a species let's say uh, is uh, in if the female of a species is m- having more sex during the time of uh uh um during the the her ovulation, yeah, species that that ovulate, uh, then uh, then there's they're more likely to. Oh, sorry, my screen's gone off. Uh, then you're more likely to to be able to to pass on your genes. Uh, you know, so it, it yeah. makes sense because it's all it's all about passing on your genes. You know, yeah, um, it it is interesting. It's very interesting. Uh, you know. The morphology of uh, morphology of sperm, and uh, you know, because uh, if you know, not all sperm are, are, are uh, uh, how, how is it once described to me pretty. Not all sperm are pretty, you know. Like 
because sperm like all cells mutate as they come out so you get some with like two tails some that just sort of swim in a circle you know yeah uh, lopsided ones some without too many chromosomes some with too few you know it's it's not like we t- tend to think of it like this um brilliant system that is that's perfect you know in a, and and works like you know sperm plus egg makes good baby but like the majority of babies uh, uh produced aren't viable you know <laughs> like, like yeah so it's so it's an area that that I I find fascinating and I and I I think we should, you know we should continue to talk about it although probably we should uh, uh talk about it like sooner after after the event of of rather than like half remembered things from a month ago yes this is true this is true yeah inside to get us both on on the uh, uh both I've in the been same busy room. I've been looking after a little dog I also have been busy, but uh, for for commencement, yeah. Oh, okay, here's a funny thing. Uh, I was talking about this with Philip. Uh, so you know, Land of Hope and Glory. Yeah. Made famous, at least to me, when uh, when uh, Tim Brooke Taylor in the Goodies would stand up and he would uh, would uh, say a rousing speech about how great mm. Britain was, and then the others would smash the record. Well, at uh, at at a uh, universities here in in America, they uh, they pl- sometimes play that as a procession for oh, the students good. getting their degrees to come up to. They get the degrees <laughs> to land of hope and glory, uh, wow. which is which is hilarious because it's like this <laughs> rousing British song. But they call it some pomp and circumstance or something like that. Next up on the show. Act 2. The Potato Farmer. Kieran Postok sees himself respect... Kieran Postok sees himself reflected back as if through a mirror in the face of a YouTube sensation. My obsession started, innocently enough. I was trying to set up a small veggie garden on the windowsill of my Upper East Side apartment when I stumbled across her. Hi, it's Sam from GrowYourOwnPotato.com! She had a slightly abrasive style, a little bit shouty, and would often point at the camera in what seemed to be something of an accusorial way. But even so, there was something compelling about watching her explain potato growing ad nauseum. You want to cut the potatoes up into big chunks, being careful to keep at least one of the eyes on each chunk. Look at these eyes! Isn't it beautiful? (laughs) And she had a following, a large following, 200,000 subscribers with over 20 million views. Reading through the comments for a video showed surprisingly mostly positive supportive messages. This is YouTube, by the way, a place not known for its kind comments. I idly clicked through some of her other videos, not really watching. Then I found the video. The video that changed my life. Today, I'm not going to be giving you a garden tour. Like normal. I know, I know, I know. But it's still winter here and I need to clean up the yard, so... I'm going to take the time to answer some of your questions. The camera was set up on a tripod, looking down at her as she crouched by a potato garden bed in the corner of her yard. She seemed to she seemed almost fenced in by the garden wall, somewhat vulnerable as she pointed at the camera at us, at me. So here's a question. Why do you make these videos? Well, I started these videos in 2011 when I wanted to start eating more potatoes. I was just learning how to do this and well, it's just so wonderful. She was crying. When I hear about how you guys are eating potatoes and the kids and I'm making it different if everyone would eat potatoes the world would be better (laughs) the video went on like this for 
forty minutes or so, she would pull herself together, read another question. Okay. So, did you grow potatoes before you started the videos? No, I didn't grow any potatoes. I wasn't trained as a horticulturalist. I wasn't trained in how to make my own potatoes. <laughs> on and on she went, and it struck me as I was watching her there crying. Why did she care so much? And boy, did she care! It's all about the trace minerals. <laughs> it was. Affronting to me in a strange way, like a judgment on my reserved Manhattan lifestyle, where I and all my friends spent their time not caring, or sarcastically caring about the latest hip issue of the day, like global warming or farm to table or gluten, all the while not actually changing our behavior in any meaningful way. Here she was, Sam from GrowYourOwnPotatoes.com, and she cared in a way that I felt I couldn't. I was obsessed. I needed to know why in ways that I couldn't articulate. I needed to know how to care. So of course I watched all the videos, every one start to finish, thousands of hours. I became an encyclopedia of potato knowledge. I, I knew the twenty-five varieties of potato. I even traveled out to New Jersey to a hardware store with the intention of growing my own potatoes in a pot. I started talking about potatoes with my friends, boring them. I thought they would laugh at me as I explained my new obsession. Oh yeah, Sam from GrowYourOwnPotato.com. Yeah, I watched her. <laughs> you you have. <laughs> How did you find it? Oh,、uh, my niece sent it to me when I was thinking about going paleo. Your your niece? Yeah, she's the one that wants to drop out of college and become permaculturalist. Permaculturalist? Isn't that basically growing pot, right? Yeah, but it's good. I added her to my collection. Your collection? Yeah, I collect weird YouTube videos. <laughs> Then she showed me her collection. There was a guy who made videos on how to fix your car, all the while setting the camera up so that when he turned to work on something, you couldn't see what he was doing. Or Trevor, a guy from Florida that was making a diary of deconstructing his motorhome, all with this shaky camera. Well, well, yeah, yeah. So he, here's how the motorhome is going, y'all. As you can see, he started working on the、uh, the the front. Hey, you know, it's, it's just I look at this. You know, did you ever see that film?、Uh, they they call the the, the it was called the, the the Mexican. Oh no, what's it called? The the Mexican had Brad Pitt in it. I think it was Brad Pitt. He's the, the pretty boy, you know, George Clooney. Anyway, hey hey hey, I gotta show you these. Goddamn bitch, fire ants! Look look look, get me. I'm gonna get my stick and show you these goddamn bitch fire ants. It was incredible, like、uh, like streams of consciousness, like they were somehow uploading them their very selves to the internet, and it went on. It went beyond just people talking. It was even a scheduled live stream of aquarium fish being fed while played to hardcore rap music. I I couldn't understand why did people make this crap. And why were we watching it?、Uh, original content. Or, original content, <laughs> but it's not that good. It's no good. It's 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 just junk. That's not the point. It's original. So, so so maybe that's us. Maybe reality TV executives were right. We don't need good TV shows to keep us entertained. We are mindlessly watching whatever pops up into our Facebook feed or our Twitter feed, but still, I I had to ask, what made people like Sam from GrowYourOwnPotato.com different? What divided people from those who felt the urge to create, and the rest of us, the mindless mass? Hi, 
This is Sam? <laughs> From growyourownpotato.com? Yeah. Wow, this is a, a little surreal. Thank you for the interview, I guess? No problem. L- look, this might seem like a weird question. God, this isn't going to be sexual, is it? No, 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 no. Look, just a bit weird. <laughs> Not sexual at all. I make videos of potato growing on the internet. I'm pretty much desensitized to weird. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, sure. But that's my question. Why do you make videos of potato growing on the internet? Like, Well, I was going through this journey, and I guess I just wanted a record and to see if I could help others. But why? I love potatoes. <laughs> but you care so much. Why do you care? Look, I think the question is, why don't you care? She was uh, right, of course. That was the real question. And maybe that's why we watched. Because they cared. And for a brief moment, symbiotically, we cared along with them. A brief distraction from the day-to-day blandness of our lives. I hung up the phone call looked around at my apartment, at the bag of potting soil and the pot ready to make my own little garden, and I vowed to set it up right then and there. Well, not right then and there. Maybe in a little while. That live stream of fish was about to start, and after that, well, it would be time to turn on the TV and watch the Kardashians or House Hunters. So maybe tomorrow... Yet tomorrow I'll try caring. Yet tomorrow I'll try caring. Tomorrow. Kieran Postoak there. We'll be right back. So, uh, Hannah, can you tell me about a dog called Potato? Um, well, our dog's called Nugget. No, no, no. I, I veto that name. Uh, it's now Potato. Maybe wait. Well, listen, it's called Nugget, and he's our new puppy. He's for our dad's birthday, which was May 7th. Um, and we did a little sneaky, sneaky surprise for him. So I was in Melbourne. I found this breeder and went to visit the puppies, picked one out. Me and mum had been scheming for a while and then um, picked him up a few weeks later. I had told dad that I was coming home later in the day than you, I was. I told uh, him I was getting back to Perth at nine. I, um, I want to inject I want to inject here quickly before uh, you did send me a picture and I did approve of this uh, dog purchase. So I was like tangentially evolved. Yes. Well, everyone in the family except for Dad was involved in this. So, yeah. So, um, my flight was actually earlier in the day. So, we actually got delayed by an hour and I was freaking out on the plane because the dog has to go on the cargo hold. And he was little. He was like, goodness, he would have been eight weeks old at that point, nine weeks old. So, he was little and scared. We'd only had him for a day. I was freaking out on the plane, just like, oh, my God, I'm going to get to Perth and this dog's going to be just dead. It's just going to be dead and I'm going to have to deal with a dead dog. Anyway, he was fine. Wait, wait, so did you put it in the hold? Did you put it in the hold or with you? No, 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 it had to go on the hold. You can't have dogs, any dogs on the plane with you in Australia. Um, So he had to go. In, he had, I had to leave him at the freight bit of the airport and then go and get on my plane. Um, but he was fine. We got to Perth. Mum came and picked me up. Sneaky, sneaky. I told Dad she was working late. So then we drove home. Our parents live um, at the top of a hill. So my mum dropped me at the bottom of the hill, at the bottom of the street, and drove up and parked and came in and she, was like, she oh, could I've have, had such a long day. You know... You know my dad wouldn't have been looking out the window too much. He could have dropped you like halfway up the hill, you know. Oh, I know, I know, but it just was easier for me to, um, was easier to stop at the bottom. Anyway, mm-hmm. so she goes in. She 
spins this yarn out. Oh, I'm so tired. I'm, I've been busting for the toilet. I need to go. I'm just going to our guest bathroom, which is up near the front of the house. And when the guest bathroom light went on is when I was to go to the door and knock. So I knock on the door when the toilet light goes on. And mm -hmm. then my mum yells out from the toilet, I'm having a wee. Can you go and get, see who's at the door, Robin? At this point, so at this like point, it, it turned out it wasn't you and it was her, uh, her <laughs> boss. No, it was me. So he grumbled up the stairs from the family room and came to the front door and was like, oh, oh, what are you doing here? And we sang happy birthday to him as he opened the door and I shoved the puppy on him. He's like, what's happening? And was quite overwhelmed. <laughs> did you why didn't you film this? Mum did. Yeah, why haven't I seen this footage? I don't know what she's done with it. She's not very good with that sort of thing. Anyway, so yeah, now we've got a puppy. He's 13 weeks now. He's getting bigger, but and he cracked the three kilogram mark this week at puppy preschool. Oh, he's, so he's a little good. fatty. No, he's not. His legs are getting longer. He's actually, yeah, he's in a good shape. So, uh, so he's good at rolling over. We're learning that trick at the minute. Have you taught him sit yet? Yes, he knows sit. Has he's he learned lie down? Um, he can do lie down. He's not great at it. Um, I will tell you this, though, uh, Benjamin. He has taken to using your room as his poo room. They all take it. They all poo in my room. They've all pooed well, in my room. The, <laughs> the cats also <laughs> didn't like that, so they all sprayed in there. So now your room smells of cat spray and poo. Pretty much how it smelled before, you know, years yeah. and years of animals pulling in my room and bringing dead things in there. It had a funk. Um, yeah. I I will say I will say this. Uh, I have been threatening Lindsay. Uh, she's away in Mexico this uh, this weekend. Uh, just put her in on a plane today uh, with her sisters, um, uh, which you were invited. I think she just forgot to email you. Oh my god! Why aren't I in Mexico? I don't know. I think she forgot to she forgot to email you. Sorry. I better be able to come to Mexico next year, you guys. Well, they might not be doing it in Mexico next year, but somewhere. But anyway. I want to go to Mexico. Uh, uh, Mexico is good, apart from. Why will like, no one North take me to Mexico? Uh, um. Anyway, you're derailing my uh, thought here. So anyway, she's away, and I've been threatening that I'm just going to go get a puppy over the weekend. Do it. Get a puppy. Well, um, Don't get a huge one. You need a little one, you guys. This is this is this is the big problem we have. Okay, so we need a uh, a dog that's uh, uh, at least uh, like pays lip service to uh, allergy resistance, right? Because Lindsay has bad allergies, so we need a dog that's like a, uh, a poodle cross, let's say, or Wheaton Terrier. But I'm not a big fan of the Wheaton Terrier. Um, mm -hmm. None like like the the real thing. It's it's not the hairs that are the allergic bit it's like a, a secretion of the skin but the, like having the hairs fall out makes it worse um apparently so so we need a poodle cross and she keeps wanting to we both in the last 18 months uh unfortunately lost a family dog a pancake on our side a, a lovely cavalier king charles spaniel and hunter on her side which was a lab and so it comes down to our discussions about a dog is me going i want to have a cavapoo uh, Cavalier King Charles uh, mixed with a poodle, and she goes, "I want to have a Labradoodle, uh, a Labrador mix." And and and, uh, and neither of us is willing to budge yet. It, I feel like it's like the uh, we're we're like uh, we're, you, you know. guys just you guys cannot have a Labradoodle in the apartment that you have. This is what I'm saying. We have a small apartment, and it's not fair on a Labradoodle. But people do it. I mean, this is a crazy thing. I see Labradoodles-sized dogs around in this apartment complex, but it's just not fair on the dog, you know? It's not. They need space. At least, like, you know, with a small dog, you can take them outside and they'll run around and tie themselves out. Like, even a Labrador would need to go out a number of times a day if it was living in that tiny, tiny space, you know? Yes, it would. And... uh just one second. I have to say good night to Lindsay. Uh, <laughs> yes, uh, <laughs> oh, but the puppy's so sleepy. Yeah, oh, puppy! Has he got to the lipstick penis stage? 
No, he hasn't, but he is, he's got this favourite toy that's a chicken. Um, it's his favourite. He loves it so much. Um, and sometimes he just humps it a bit, but it's not like the penis doesn't get involved. It's just the action of his legs. It's really weird. But his little balls are getting bigger. His little balls are getting bigger. Yeah, wow. and mum thinks his todger's getting bigger, but I'm not convinced. It's really, it's really teeny weeny at the minute. I think, I think, and also he's got a weird extra lump on his stomach, so we're not sure what that is. But you know what? Uh, we're going to the vet to have our second lot of jabs this week, so we're gonna I, check I it think, out then. I think, I think you can. The only way to to determine whether your whether our mum's right or you're right is to do it with science. So basically, what I'm measure saying it. is measure his penis. It's like. At the minute, it's the size of my fingernail. It's the size of your fingernail. Okay. It's very small. Like, it's a <laughs> tiny little nubbin. A tiny... But, okay, that... Uh, but I found so, all these pictures of Casper, and he had a massive todger. Maybe, maybe I don't should, remember maybe it being that big. The, it, it, it was, and it was awkward when it went into lipstick mode. Uh, it was... Uh, <laughs> um, we, which would happen often, uh, uh, Hi. you know. Um, I think I think it should be a regular feature of our podcast now, which is how big is the dog's penis? How big is the puppy's penis? Okay, yeah. I'll keep you guys posted then. Yeah, keep it. You should you should make that a feature of your Twitter account. I have to cut I, the hairs off the end of his penis. Wait, what? <laughs> For as, aesthetics? Yeah. So that it doesn't get all like crusty. <laughs> How did you draw the short straw? I'm pretty sure we didn't do that with Casper. Well, I'm pretty sure the, I've never heard of it. The breeder told me that I should do that. So that it doesn't get crusty. And you know how yeah. our dogs get crusty anuses, so I thought don't want a yeah. crusty penis as well. Uh, so yeah. and then I told mum that and she was like, Well, you can do that. I was like, Okay, yeah. but I'm only here for another month. Bye. Guys, just be careful. We don't want to end up with a circumcised dog, <laughs> you know. I am very careful. He's going to have his balls cut off, though. Yeah, it's the it's the right thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. He'll be okay. He'll be fine. <gasps> Act three. An email. That's the best you can do. What? I mean, like... <laughs> Okay, I've been sitting here listening to your, uh, you know, Ira Glass impression, and that's the best Ira Glass impression you can do. Like, look, listen to this. Now, now from WBEZ, it's this in Chicago. This this American potato. Up next, Act Three. Natasha Potensky gets an email from Natasha. That sounds nothing like him. Now from WBEZ in Chicago. This just is get on with the American... show. Just get on with the show. It was sort of a strange request. Just one of those emails you get. You know the kind. Hi, I'm the lawyer for a recently deceased Prince of Brunei, and I have money that is left in your name. You know, the kind of email that is designed to weed out everyone but the most gullible by being so obviously a scam. Only this email was different. It started out in the same way as normal. Hi, have we met? I'd like to get to know you. You know, the usual junk. Only this one started to diverge. Firstly, it used my name. I'd like to get to know you. My name is Natasha Patinsky. What was this? My name is Natasha Patinsky. Immediately, my mind began rushing. Was this a coincidence? Had someone stolen my identity? Did the spamming software that they were using to compose this email make a mistake and put my name in the wrong field as it was sending it out? But then the email got weirder. How does a mom with three children feed her children with one potato without using fractions? It was a riddle, unexpectedly there in the middle of the spam, and the email just ended. Huh. Strange, I thought, as I put the email in the spam folder, and thought not much more of it. I mean, who thinks too hard about spam? Well, that was until two days later when I received a voicemail from my friend Dave. Uh, did, did you just uh, send me a spammy email about potatoes? Like what? But 
Dave's email was different from mine. Yes, it still started the same way. Hi, have we met? I'd like to get to know you. Still have my name in full, but this time, it seemed to have a poem about potatoes. Lightly dark and round, not but not too round. Your eyes have stems, your heart is starch. I love you, potato. I mean, I was like, what the? This was getting weird. I checked my spam folder. It was full to the brim with emails from the other me. The potato loving me. Each one different. Some are jokes. Why did the potato divorce Mussolini? Because he was a dictator. Others seem to write about potatoes in such a wistful way. I sit here thinking of you and how you've helped me in my life. Potato of my heart. So... I started to wonder if this was all some sort of twisted prank being played on me. How many people were getting the other Natasha's potato-filled email fantasies? I called up cyber. I called up cybersecurity expert Wan Colgate from the University of Hawaii to get his opinion. Wan, are you there? Look, Hannah. I, I don't know. Don't break character. But. Surely the, you know, they all get the joke now. I mean, it's so formulaic. Something zany happens, then we talk to an expert, and then we eventually talk to the perpetrator. Of course it's yeah. formulaic. It's a sitcom. Sick Sitcom? No, no, no. I always thought of this show as uh, more like a sketch comedy. No, not us. This American Life is a sitcom. Oh, well, that explains Ira Glass. Can you help me, Juan? Not really. Oh, well, good chat then. The thing is, this is probably just a piece of software trolling the internet for English phrases to populate the email spam and uh, to populate the spam email and, uh, and, and, and then make them seem more real. You, you probably got stuck on the... I don't know, the Potato Sex Reddit forum. So was this all just a piece of broken software tormenting me? Wait, what? Uh, Sorry? Wait, you said Potato Sex Forum. Oh, don't tell me you haven't been lonely at night, trolling the depths of your sexuality and ended up on r slash potato not safe for work. I won't judge. Well, uh, you need help. So, uh, where was I? Um, piece of broken software. Oh my god, how can I even continue? (laughs) Uh, so, um... I sent an email or something to the other Natasha. God, wait. So, how do you even have sex with a potato? <laughs> I, I, I knew it. I, I could tell you, you were spud curious. Ugh, okay, I don't want to know. She'll be back. They all come back to r slash potato NSFW. So, I sent an email to the other Natasha. Hi, we share the same name. I'm a journalist. I was just wondering if we could talk. I really didn't think that I would get an email back, but there it was, not five minutes later, sitting in, of course, my spam folder. My sweet potato, you have finally come back to me. We started conversing daily, like I was in some kind of Dali-inspired potato salad of life. I would send questions and get back facts about potatoes. Why are you doing this? The word potato comes from the Spanish word patata. Where are you located? Although it shares the same name, the sweet potato is a root vegetable and only loosely related to the potato. Back and forth like this for days until a breakthrough. Somehow. I'm not sure why this... Am I talking to Natasha? I guess you could call me that, yes. But what do you call yourself? <laughs> I like the name Dave. Is that your name? I I like it. And where are you? In Nigeria. It's a real nice place. Okay, so you've been sending out these emails filled with potatoes? Potatoes are good. But 
Why? Why all these emails? Why say your name is Natasha? Take my identity. Ah, I understand. Performance art. Performance art? Yes, I am a big fan of the uh, comedian, the, one of your comedians, Sasha, Sasha Baron Cohen. What? Yeah, how he creates all those characters. Ali G, Borad, Bruno. How he takes a look at a, a society and distills it down into a caricature. I took his inspiration. So you were trying to be like Sasha Baron Cohen? Yes, my friends love it. Look, I'm a Westerner. Natasha, I like potatoes. <laughs> really? Potatoes. Yeah, mmm, potatoes are amazing. Wedges. Chips. They would all be on the floor right now. I, I, I guess you have to see me. So, what's with all the spam emails? Yeah. In my country, artists aren't respected. Everyone has to have a day job. So that was it. I was the butt of the boredom of a spammer's humor, with which I had no context. I don't know what I found worst. That I was the joke, or that I found it kind of funny. Well, that's it. This has been This American. Oh! So that's how you have sex with a potato. This has been... <clears throat> I'm Ira Glass. I'm Ira Glass. I'm Ira... No, it's I'm Ira Glass. No, it's it's more like I'm Ira Glass. WB. No, I'm Ira... I'm Ira Glass. PRX. PRX. Chicago. I'm Ira Glass. No, I'm Ira Glass. No, no, I, 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 I'm, I, I'd like to thank our longtime founding producer who, who just said the other day to us. Well, you're a dictator. The all-new Pacific Kingston show is recorded. Yes. <laughs> In front of. Uh, in front of a puppy, the named Nugget. Uh, now let's cr- cross quickly. Asleep. Let's cross quickly to the puppy. How how did the puppy find the, today? Nugget find today's episode. He found it tiring, but he and, chose uh, not to snore. So does he? Does he know, snore often? He's not quite snoring yet, but he does these little like. Does he have a? Uh, and and just checking penis length of the uh, the fingernail. Uh, yes, and I will say at the minute my my fingernails are to the length of the end of my finger. So from like the nail bed up to the end of my finger is how long it is at the minute. And I'm, I'm I, again, the I, I, again, again, this is uh, something that people would not have. Uh, would not be able to understand unless they have your fingernails in front of them <laughs> as they listen. And bearing yes, in mind your fingernails I... may change. Uh, yes. But listen. Just one second. I think Lindsay is uh, texting me from Mexico. Am I Ira Glass now?